Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hello and welcome to the Snyder Cut. I don't know what episode we're on. Uh, It's 2020. Guys, we're living in the future. Happy New Year. A happy and healthy New Year to everybody out there. Um, I'm glad that you're back. I hope that you're still with me. I know it's been a, a wild week in Collider. Um, yeah, kind of surreal to like come into the office and not have my boys, Riley and Roka here. Um, because I'm going to get real annoying <laughs> for Wendy real quick. Um, but yeah, it's, it's obviously sad what happened, uh, out of anyone's control. Um, and you know, I, listen, as far as what Jack said, like, Obviously, bad timing, uh, just, you know, insensitive, and uh, and I've been there, guys. That's the thing. Like, I have put my foot in my mouth online multiple times, as you know, and it has cost me jobs, and um, I'm glad it didn't cost Jack this one. I think that he learned a valuable lesson, um, and I think it speaks to, you know, what, what the kind of guy Fernandez is, uh, where, you know, obviously... There were consequences, and I won't get into that. That's not my place. But, uh, um, you know, to, to keep him on staff. Like, I, I think Mark handled it as best as anybody could. He obviously didn't handle the initial firings maybe the greatest. But I understand, like, you know, he, I think he was on Campia's show explaining, like, that's just his experience in the business world. And, frankly, it's mine, too. And, you know, we, we re- repeat what we learn and what we see and what we experience. And, um, you know, uh, I, I wish that everybody had gotten a, fa- a farewell show. I, when I inevitably get fired, you know, I, I hope I get a farewell show here on the Snyder cut. Um, but sometimes it's not, it's just not always possible. And, uh, and so while I think everybody wishes that, you know, um, things have been handled better, uh, you know, we are excited for the, 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 direction that collider video is, is going uh you're gonna see you know fyc is still going strong and, we, and we've got that uh, screening series partnership with arclight and you know i'm still here doing the snyder cut and hopefully we'll you know come up with a few more fun ideas uh yes beyond deep fakes which are you know fun um but uh yeah i mean you're gonna see other stuff too um i don't know how much more i want to you know really say about it uh but yeah my my heart goes out to to john and and mark and uh and adam those are the three you know folks who it you know this most affected and then everybody obviously who put a lot of hard work into developing the other shows whether it's coy and and amy and and roxy and uh uh ken and yeah all, all you know all those folks um so, anyways, thank you for for listening, and uh, yeah, let's let's we can we can start the show. I just want to get the little bit of bit of uh, you know internal business out of the way. Anyways, guys, Christian Bale, I got the tip the day before Christmas Eve as like a little early Christmas present, and I was like, oh my god, like I never, I really didn't think when you've done 
what is arguably the greatest superhero movie ever in The Dark Knight, when you start in that, it's like, why do another, you know, why do another comic book movie? But I think that Christian Bale really, really wanted to work with Taika Waititi. I don't know what this part is. I don't know if it's the villain. I don't know if it's Beta Ray Bill or any of the uh, gore, the god butcher, any of the goddamn weird friggin' characters that everybody was coming up with this week. I really don't have any insight on that. Um, but I think that this deal is going to make. I mean, would it shock me if it didn't? No. Like, Stranger Things, <laughs> Stranger Things have certainly happened. Um, but... Yeah, I, I got the impression that this one is is further along uh, than than when you typically hear about that. And maybe a, a result of that was uh, that's because of the holiday. And, you know, when the, the reporters, obviously, we understand people are on holiday break. I was obviously very patient uh, in waiting to hear back from, from certain parties. Um, but... You know, when when business opened back up on, on Monday the 6th, it was like, all right, everybody's back now, or they should be. <laughs> you know, they were in town for the Golden Globes. Like, what's the deal? And, uh, yeah, I love it. Christian Bale. Man, I, again, I would love to see him as the villain, but I could also see him as some sort of, like, sidekick, which is so weird to think of Christian Bale as a sidekick, but, uh, you know, someone like Josh Brolin as Cable in Deadpool. You know, that kind of relationship where it's like a rivals at first and then they team up. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the history of Thor comics, guys. Um there was a lot of stuff though. I mean, god, uh what else? Scott Derrickson. Scott Derrickson tr- fell out of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That is like something strange is afoot there. That is madness to me. I did not see that coming. Uh, I just didn't get any whiff of that on this one. I thought it was kind of coming along nicely, like right on target. Um, apparently, there were some creative differences between Scott and Marvel, and, and they just mutually decided to part ways. I mean, I'm sure that we'll get the real story from probably THR or whoever in a few days or weeks. And I'm, I can't wait to see who who they choose to replace Derrickson like because that I don't, like Doctor Strange is pretty special visually and they need someone who can maintain uh, you know what the the world that that Scott built in that first film but also put a little spin a little pizzazz and dazzle uh, razzle dazzle on the sequel so I put out the name uh, Panos Cosmatos and even though I wasn't a huge Mandy guy like that movie looked pretty trippy same as Doctor Strange did, uh, on obviously a fraction of the budget. Um, someone had said Eli Roth. That would be super interesting. Definitely, definitely interesting. Uh, there was another guy, the guy who's doing um, the, the WandaVision series. Uh, I'm blanking on the name. I'm sure it's going to be right here on my Twitter feed. Right. Um, Matt Shackman. Matt Shackman, who's, who did a lot of like Fargo episodes, I remember. I, I like I love guys from from Fargo, like Shackman and Adam Bernstein or whoever. But um, Doctor Strange, like it does seem like they're like Marvel is using Doctor Strange as like this weird hub, like it's connecting to Wandavision, and it has to like introduce this, and it has to connect to that, and, and it, 
like it, it is interesting that Derek Derrickson had had tweeted something to the effect of uh, studio release dates are the enemy of art. So it sounded like Disney and Marvel were pressuring him to make a release date that he felt he couldn't make. Maybe he felt like the script wasn't ready to go yet, wasn't quite where he wanted it to be. Um, and, yeah, it, it does suck when you have to hit a release date. And apparently the release date on this one is staying put. So this is an even you know a, a tighter timeline because there's no director. But... Then again, as you hear on the grapevine, like it's Marvel and the director, it's not quite, <laughs> you know, these things are just like storyboarded to death and, and you know where everything's going and, and where the camera's going to be because, you know, they've already started working on like the previs and, you know, so I don't want to take anything away from Marvel directors, uh, speci- especially on something like Doctor Strange because I really could feel Derrickson's imprint on that movie, um, it's maybe not the, quite the same sense of authorship as like a uh, Taika on Ragnarok or James Gunn on Guardians of the Galaxy or even Ryan Coogler on Black Panther. But um, you know, obviously a really strong directorial effort from Scott, and I can't wait to see what he does next. But it's going to be yeah, ve- I'm very curious to see who they get to to fill in for him. And if he still has a a writing credit, that's another thing that went unaddressed yesterday. He said he's going to remain on board as an EP. But I thought he he had sort of uh, written the script, and then Jade Halley Bartlett had come in to sort of you know rewrite it or work with him on a rewrite. And I you know I just don't know if he's going to end up with a writing credit or not. Like I wonder if whatever Marvel asked Jade to write, if that was sort of the cause of the creative differences, if that's where you know the problem started to stem from. I don't know. That's just speculation. Um, before we go on, guys, did you, did you hear about this Jeopardy question? It was like, so they had the three geniuses, the guys who are like the greatest of Jeopardy ever in some like amazing five days tournament, best of seven. And it comes and, 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 you know, one night comes down to final Jeopardy and, uh, and they all whiff on the question and I, and I totally got it. So I want to give you the chance to get it right now. I want you to name two foreign born directors who have each won two Best Director Oscars, but have never seen their films win Best Picture. I'm going I'm to give you 30 seconds right now. Go. Do, 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 Ang Lee and Alfonso Cuaron. Is that wild? Ang Lee won uh, Brokeback Mountain and Life of Pi. Neither of those won Best Picture. Cuaron for, for Gravity and for Roma, neither of which won Best Picture. That is a great question, and I'm not surprised that uh, these three you know, know-it-alls whiffed it because they never get the Hollywood questions. It's, that's, that's what I love it when, when film or television comes up on Jeopardy. Um, what else this week? Uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet is going to cost $205 million at least. So this was an interesting one. Variety had sort of put out this article, and it was like looking at uh, what are going to be the hits of the year, what are going to be the bombs of the year, the potential flops, etc. And in their Tenet uh, write-up, they said that the movie cost $225 million. Now, that is not the sort of budget figure that you see every day. 
particularly quoted by Variety. So I made some calls, and I started to hear back. It's you know more like 205. Like Variety got a little carried away. And then sure enough, you know, like I must have like alerted folks to this because I'm sure it went unnoticed otherwise. Uh, and, and then so I checked back later that night and Variety had updated to 205. I had already written my and filed my my story by the time uh, I had seen it. I had to update it when I when I saw it. But um, I, I, it's like in, in obviously no mention from Variety of of the update. Uh, I, I wonder they just you know they must have got a, the same little bug in in their ear that I did. But um, twenty million dollars on a Nolan movie. What's the difference really? These movies are going to be profitable. Sure, this one. Like so, I, I was kind of stunned. Inception only cost 160 million dollars, reportedly, and that was with Leonardo DiCaprio and cities folding in on themselves. And this one doesn't have Leonardo DiCaprio. You're not paying that kind of star salary for Pattinson, for John David Washington, um, and <laughs> I mean, shit. I, I don't even think those guys were on like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's level when he was in Inception. But uh, nonetheless, this is going to cost 205, and that's because it's Chris Nolan. And on the Warner Brothers lot, they say, in Nolan we trust. And this guy is the star. You know, he doesn't need A-list stars because he is the draw. And, yeah, like when you look at Dunkirk, which, you know, wasn't exactly a movie you round up, like, the 12- and 13-year-olds to go see, like, that still did enormous business. Like, it did, like, $650 million or something like that. Like, this is going to be a juggernaut this summer, and it looks really interesting. Um, I'm, you know, he, he gets the benefit of the doubt from me, whether it's 205, and that's obviously before marketing, so you're going to have to add another at least 100 onto, on top of this, probably more like 125. So now you're at $330 million. It's got to make basically what Dunkirk did, 650 to become profitable, and I think this is a much more commercial looking movie than Dunkirk. So you could see the grosses be 800, you know, maybe 900, maybe it maybe it does gross a billion, I don't know. Um, you know, we'll we'll see how big a draw Pattinson really is. But uh either way, going to have to make some big money. I think it will though. Other news this week, Nicholas Holt this guy is fascinating to me. He had a rough 2019, as rough as anybody. Okay, Nobody saw his, his Tolkien movie about the author of Lord of the Rings. Nobody liked Dark Phoenix. I mean, I didn't think it was the worst X-Men movie I'd ever seen. I'm sure it has some fans. No one is, is an exaggeration for effect. Uh, no one remembered the current war. You know, like how many people went to go see that movie? I, I saw it. I liked it. But... It didn't do any business. He was, he, you know, he he had an awards movie lined up, The Banker. That thing got scrapped. Apple pulled the plug when that weird controversy hit. And then he also was this close to getting the Batman and lost it to Pattinson. <laughs> so it was just kind of like one thing after another for this guy in 2019. But when you are that close, it means eventually your number is going to come up, and it sure did this week. Nicholas Holt uh, joining Tom Cruise in the next Mission Impossible movie, potentially the next Mission Impossible movies. It's been very confusing on the casting front since these movies are being shot back to back. I don't know if it's a two-film arc or what, 
Um, but yeah, it's like, are you joining one movie? Are you joining two? That'd be weird if we knew that you were surviving, you know, movie one, because, you know, that takes the danger out of it. I want to know, oh, the villain could die here. I want to have that suspense. Nick Holt, I think he'd make a good villain. I also think he'd be, he'd make a good, like, young agent, frankly. Like, he's the kind of guy I'd hand this franchise to. I mean, I don't know how much longer Tom Cruise can jump off of buildings and shatter ankles, but um, Nick Holt, he would be an interesting choice to carry this forward. Not that Tom Cruise has indicated that he wants to pass the torch whatsoever. He's still kicking ass. Like, Fallout was fucking awesome. Um, meanwhile, in Mission Impossible Land, so Shea Wiggum joined the cast, uh, I think, over the break or maybe pr- just prior to the break. And we don't know who he's playing, though he was introduced with, you'll never see him coming. Well, there is a character, uh, a Mission Impossible you know, character from the series, who was played by Martin Landau named Rollin Hand, who I'm told is going to be introduced in this movie in Mission Impossible 7. I think that that is going to be who Shea Wiggum is. I think he's going to be like a former... Like, badass himself, like a former Ethan Hunt. Uh, even though, I wonder if Shea Wiggum's actually younger than Tom Cruise. I'm not sure what the deal is there. <laughs> Sorry, getting texts. Um, <laughs> I should really look up their ages. But I think he's going to play, like, a former dude who who is still, like, a master of disguise and voices. And it makes sense because he is such a great character actor that he can just blend into the background. And, and like, I think he'll be kind of fascinating if that is, in fact, the role, which I suspect that it is. Uh, what else this week? I mean, you know, you heard me talk about, like, the BAFTA controversy. Or, no, I'm sorry, you didn't because I'm <laughs> this is going on the front half of the show. <laughs> the second half of the show is an interview uh, with someone very near and dear to my heart, and we talk about the BAFTA thing, and and you know being having all white acting nominees, and how you know Cynthia Revo says that you know things have to change, and I am glad that that BAFTA is going to be like reviewing its voting measures and policies, and uh, and hopefully it, you know it's 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 members like its membership like that is really what needs to change, and and I don't know if it's going to affect this year's Oscars. You know, but all the, you know, the the Academy is certainly becoming more diverse and more inclusive. And I think that that will, you know, sh- show itself in the nominations. M- you know, even if it's just Parasite or The Farewell getting a Best Picture nomination or whatever it is. Uh, I think, so like, you know, it, it has to start with the membership though. But, you know, who, regardless of who the membership is, like, I, I just... People didn't want to see Harriet. That's the problem. Like, I, I, even even like the trailers. I mean, when people saw it in, here in the office and they came back to the office and they go, how was it? They're like, eh, you know, it was whatever. It was okay. She was very good, but it, the movie was okay. That doesn't make me run out to go see it. And that means that I don't, you know, spend award season rooting, uh, not rooting for, but like, you know, trying to hype up the chances of a Cynthia Revo. And that, that is the problem. I think it really is uh, a lack of, of media attention w- when it comes to that movie and why I think that, you know, if if an actress of color does crack that best actress field, it is going to be Lupita Nyong'o, even though, like, Harry Tubman on the surface would be way more, like, a way more Oscar-baity kind of role. 
I don't know. It's just it's it's, it's a war zone out there. Like there's just so many minefields that you could that you could step on. But I, I really think that political correctness, as well you know as well as studio release dates, all due respect to Scott Derrickson, it's political correctness that is the real enemy of art. Um, and it, but it, it's not even the art. It, it's like because awards are not art. You know, people put a lot of faith and stock in awards because if you win an award, then your quote goes up, you make more money, you get more opportunities, you know, it opens more doors for you, you can tell more stories, more personal stories perhaps. So like that is that is what is at stake. But like, you know, just because the Academy names something the best picture or says these are the 10 films we're going to be deciding from for for best picture, it it doesn't necessarily speak to any ills within the industry you know because a, a a movie directed by a woman or a movie starring uh black actors doesn't get nominated like uh, it's just a wild leap to make i i don't get it i don't get it and, and like again if, if Greta Gerwig gets in are we all suddenly happy does that solve the problem does a nomination solve the problem like you know, and we never see the the vote totals either. Like that's the other thing. I don't know. Anyways, how much time do I have left in this podcast? I got a few minutes. I tweeted something the other day about Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, you know, where is this guy? I, I think he has like a, a, a some young kids, so he may just be focused on a family. He may have I don't know one kid, two kid, whatever it is. He may just have stepped away for a little while, but I feel like Hollywood is letting this guy down. He's a great actor. I always loved Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, he, he's really super talented, and I'm I'm shocked that you know he hasn't been cast in some bigger movies or by a streaming service. Considering how much stuff is getting made right now, like the fact that you know yeah, we're not really seeing his name in announcements, or he, I'm not hearing about him for, on different shortlists, it's wild. I know he does have a trial of the Chicago Seven coming up, the Aaron Sorkin movie, but uh, I don't, I don't know. That movie doesn't excite me like it should. I, I mean, I, I love, I'm always ready for a new Sorkin, and the cast is phenomenal, but I don't know about the story. Story doesn't excite me like like a Sorkin story typically does. Uh, God, what else? Always Sunny got uh, renewed for God knows how many more seasons, or they're in talks for more seasons. I feel like just keep it coming. I, I hope this show just sets all kinds of records. I always love getting my little uh, Sunny fix every year, year and a half. Um, Mark Hamill joining What We Do in the Shadows. I watch. Oh, I watched Midnight Kiss the other night. I'm just reading my Twitter feed now, basically at this point. But I watched Midnight Kiss the other night. This uh, Into the Dark episode from Blumhouse wasn't bad. Didn't love it. Loved. I liked it just about as much as that the Happy New Year episode. Um, but you know, Blumhouse is onto something with these Into the Dark things. Like it's it's a it's a cool model, and it does allow for some interesting experimentation. A uh, lot of lot of guys' asses in this movie, and it, you know what? Great, G- good for them. Like y- you never see it, you never you never see guys' asses like you do in this movie. And I love how they just went for it and, and embraced it. So, you know, if we if we can see that shit in in uh, you know women's asses in in a ton of horror movies every year, like <laughs> this this is perfect. <laughs> um. 
it's about a a, 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 gay, a a gay serial killer or a serial killer stalking gay men. So I, I, I would recommend checking it out. Uh, I posted a bunch of lists on on my my blog, theinsider.blogspot.com. You should uh, definitely be following that one. That's where I keep my movie list each year, which is going to be starting after Sundance. I always started a few weeks into January so that it's not just one or two movies being rated there. Uh, the only movie I think I've seen at this point is Underwater anyways, which I didn't much care for. It started out great and went downhill fast. Uh, but you can find like my top 20 TV shows of 2019 and, and the top 20 mo- shows I'm looking forward to this year and, and my worst 10 movies list, my best 10 movies list, my most anticipated list, all that fun stuff over at theinsnyder.blogspot.com. Uh, you keep up with me on Gurus of Gold. Check over, check out Movie City News, guys. Gurus of Gold over on Movie City News. That's David Poland's site. Uh, that's where I, I weigh in on on Oscar season. Um, oh, I was tracking this Ty Sheridan story. I heard that he was going to be the young man alongside Oscar Isaac and Paul Schrader's new movie, The Card Counter. And then apparently Paul Schrader beat me to it. He announced it on Facebook. He said it's going to be Ty Sheridan, Tiffany Haddish, and Willem Dafoe. Apparently, uh, they went to Haddish after Naomi Harris and Defoe after Brian Cranston. That's who I'd been tracking. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'd heard that Lucas Hedges had passed on it, and they'd gone to Ty, and it sounds like he's in. That's it. That's a kind of crazy revenge movie, and I loved. Uh, you know, I, that's the kind of stuff I want to see Oscar Isaac in. Less Star Wars, more gritty stuff. Uh, I love the trailer for McMillions, that um, HBO documentary about the McDonald's monopoly scandal. That looks great. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a Parasite TV series. Can you believe that? On HBO from Adam McKay. I am assuming, like, people were like, is this going to be a continuation of the show? This absolutely has to be an English language series, uh, especially if it sparked a bidding war between HBO and Netflix. Like, there's just not going to be a bidding war over a foreign language series, unfortunately. We are not at that point, guys. Trust me. And um, so I, I imagine this is going to be an English language Remake, maybe even Spanish. I could see a Spanish family being involved. Um, but, yeah, I I, th- I wish that they had waited a few weeks to pull the trigger on this. This leak could be costly because I don't think, like, Parasite had a legit chance at Best Picture, much to my, you know, dismay, because I don't think it is deserving of the actual Best Picture Award. That's why there's a Best International Feature Award, which is, you know, it is quite deserving of. Um, but, yeah, uh, this is not a good look if you're trying to win Best Picture to already have, like, a TV version in the works. I think that there's going to be regrets about announcing that. Um, Andy Machete in Early Talks to Do the Howling for Netflix. This was a story that broke on the hashtag show. I guess they had said that Muschietti had previously indicated that he'd wanted to do The Howling and that now he was going to do it. He was moderating a screening of of Underwater. Uh, And sure enough, yeah, our sources say this is actually true. I don't know how close they are to making a deal. It sounds like they're pretty far apart. But the fact that they are trying to get a deal done is news. Muschietti in talks to do The Howling, uh, the classic werewolf movie directed by Joe Dante. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a movie. It would be awesome if it was a series. I don't know if they'll do CG effects or, or practical effects. I hope that they do the latter because that's always uh, the best. Um, new episodes of FYC. We're going to be there on Monday morning, guys, reacting to the Oscar nomin- reacting to the Oscar nominations. Excuse me. Uh, that's going. God, I think the Oscar nominations are like it. Five or whatever, and I think I got to be at ArcLight at like nine thirty because we're going to be talking about them at the ArcLight. 
because we have that awesome sponsorship with Arclight Cinemas for FYC. So we're going to be doing the show there, like on the balcony of, of the theater. It's going to be really cool. Uh, definitely tune in for that on Monday because that's going to be a wild show. Like that is always – that's like the, the, the big show, honestly, is like nomination morning show. Um, anyways, coming up, a very special interview. I hope that you will stay tuned. Don't shut this off. Listen to this interview. There's some really good stuff in it. I'm glad that I, I landed this this person because she's awesome. Anyways, uh, enjoy the interview, and I will be back next week. Adios. Well, as teased at the top of the show, I said that we had a very special guest today, and this is this couldn't be. There, I don't think there could be a more special guest than the person I'm about to introduce, uh, and that is someone who has known me longer than anyone in L.A., longer than anyone in New York, longer than anyone in Boston. Really, that's my aunt. <laughs> My aunt, Amy Snyder, who is the co-founder and editor-in-chief of Aspire Design and Home, a national design magazine. You can find them on Instagram at Aspire Design and Home. That's Aspire with an A. Uh, Auntie Amy, as, yes. as you are affectionately known, how are you today? I'm well, thanks. My gosh, I'm pleased and honored and tickled pink and, to be here with you. And you know what else? What? It, it's your birthday. It is my Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Woo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank I, you. I was, you know, I, I just moved uh, into in with my girlfriend, Stephanie, and I went through all the cards that I've been sent over the years. I've saved every card. And you Ooh. and Uncle Steve had sent me so many cards on all my birthdays. Like, you never miss one. I, I truly appreciated it. <laughs> we would never miss one of yours. Okay. And I, this is, like, really... A very special treat for my birthday. We've been talking about this for months. I know. And, the, and listen, I wouldn't just have any of my family members on, guys. Uh, Auntie Amy here is, she speaks the language. She is fluent in, in the language of cinema. I am. Uh, yeah. So, so, so she's sort of where I get uh, caught the bug from or whatever. She's always nurtured my, uh, you know, wanting to be a part of this, this business and, and uh, my love for independent film. And so we're going to talk about movies. And, and, you know, like, I don't know, like, what, what, what stood out for you this year? Let's start there before we talk about the Oscars and the Globes and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So, um... What were some the, of your favorites the, this year? The two popes, definitely, and I'm, like, reading everything, and I'm really pretty pissed off. Nobody's, they're not getting a lot of, a lot of press. I know, I it's, know. it's I kind of it on the really... bubble as far as Oscars go. I, I loved it, too. Yeah, I, I really thought it was good. Um, I really loved uh, Pain and Glory. I love Parasite. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of cues I take from you. And clearly, uh, you know, you and I are of different... We have different tastes. Um, yeah, we do. We, well, we have the same tastes. And then clearly some things are, are I, th I, th I think, like age and, I don't know, uh, you know, sometimes creep in and whatever. Sure. But, um, but I'm thinking, like, I... Uh, I loved what other ones? Um, so I never saw Pain and Glory. It, oh, it, Pain and Glory! You know it's funny because my second love, aside from movies, which is um, is design, right? And uh, like you took the other the other job with movies, <laughs> so I moved in with design. And the 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 um, oh my gosh, the sets, the the movie itself, and the sets were absolutely for me. 
it was really a treat to to watch. That's it Almodovar. It was really beautiful, really beautiful. Yeah, I really need to see that. I wanted to. We almost saw it together, actually. So right. we had to make a choice between Pain and Glory and Judy. Right. And I don't know how we landed on Judy. I'm, I was so glad that we did because I ended up loving it. Like, I don't know that that's a movie I even would have seen on my own um, if, you know, if we didn't have to compromise and find something. But uh, right. it was, I thought it was terrific. Did, and what did you think of I... Judy? I love Judy. I loved it a lot. I um, and you know it's kind of weird that you say it because I kind of, kind of forgot about it in some ways mm-hmm. with all the hype over you know the Irishman and Once Upon a Time and stuff. It kind of feels like there's a couple of movies that are you know Little Women is like taking over and Marriage Story. Right. So I kind of feel like like Judy got a little lost in the shuffle too. Although I I, I guess Renee is is looking good. That, yeah, know, I mean, or... she she's certainly the front runner to win Best Actress, and it is interesting though how how people have sort of, and th- this is like the media for you. It's like this hive mind that, that gets together and says, well, you know, she was very good, but the movie was just okay, and you know, right. we're just gonna, you know, she she overshadowed her own movie in a sense, and I I really thought the movie was terrific, like outside I, of her too. That really is a phenomenon, I guess, huh? I, that's interesting that you said that. It yes, is a well, there are these narratives that catch on. Right. I, it's, it's, uh, yeah. So I, she did kind of overshadow it, but, uh, but I did like it. Um, and the, what, what other one, uh, Parasite, that was from, you were, you, you spoke highly about that. I really I, liked I read... Parasite until the end. The same thing with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought it was really good until the end. Did, what, did you not have a, a problem with either of those endings? You know, it's funny that you say I, I was just reading something and stuff, too, from the and and it was talking like the violence and everything. Is that where you're? Yeah, well, it just kind of, you know, it, it kind of comes out of nowhere. It didn't seem to fit the movies that had come before them. Uh huh. Um, I did like Parasite in, in, in its totality. I really I love the originality. Did you of see it. the news that, 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 that came out yesterday? Uh, the, um, I'm sorry. Say that again. Did you did you see the news that came out yesterday? No, what? Uh, they're doing an, an HBO remake of it. Oh, god! With a- from, from Adam McKay, yeah. Uh, this is where I get off the. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. What was that one we saw with uh, Tom Hanks made the remake of that Danish? Remember, I was telling you with the boat that was taken over by pirates. Captain that Phillips. Was Captain Phillips. Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, but the original was like so. I, 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 um, I know where, you know. There's like a lot of talk, like talking about a hijacking. Was, yeah, the hijack. It was so great. Uh, it was so was really good. great. And and then they, you know, then they put in Tom Hanks. I don't, you know. Well, I think uh, those are different stories, but um, uh, e- either way. Um, so so what about what do you think of Joker? I, I did not see the Joker. You didn't see Joker? <laughs> no. Oh my God, God that's like the you're most... gonna slam this down on me now. Oh, you like... get, you, okay, you, we're you, done. Sh- you really should see it. it, it, uh-huh. it I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I know uh-huh. you're thinking, why didn't you see it? Let me ask you that. It was is it because it was just like a comic book movie? Um, I think part of that. Yeah, I, I it's just like not particularly a genre that I that I you know uh, I go to. Sure. But... So you don't, you don't keep up with the MCU. Uh, but I, I, I do want to see it, and I, I think he's, like, incredible. I really do, Joaquin. I, I do think he's incredible. And um, Yeah, so I, th- I think I, it's the performance of the year. 
Yeah, yeah. You think it is? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I don't. I, I don't think this is a comic book movie in the traditional sense. I think it's a crime movie that happens to involve comic book characters. Uh huh. And mm. and yeah, I, I thought it was terrific. But um, but it is obviously not for everybody. Um, yeah. What else? What I mean, what did you make of the Irishman? Uh, the Irishman, um, I told you I was watching, you know, the, the Golden Globes and uh, Martin looked very dejected. And I, I don't know. I, I, and so did, um, uh, oh, God, Robert De Niro and everything. I, I think that there's like, I think there's a new, there's some new things happening in town. And I just think I loved Casino. I yeah. loved, you know, Goodfellas. I just felt like it was just rehashed and re, you know, I never want to take away, listen, I never want to take away for what it takes to make a movie, man. I know what it takes to make a magazine mm-hmm. and it's long, it's arduous, a lot of people you got to answer to. And so I, I don't want to take that away from him, but um, it, it felt so familiar. And I, I really didn't think that Jimmy Haw, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think that that was incredibly compelling um, in this day and age. Maybe I just think it it had its day. Uh, and it's... I thought it was very good, but but not great. And, and I, like I don't understand the masterpiece talk. No. Uh, I mean, but but then again, I, I'm not. I'm, I may be a little too young for it. I think if, if uh, the voters who are a little bit older may be more like likely to embrace it. I don't know. I, I, I didn't feel like it was so, um, I, it wasn't I didn't profound about a, a aging or no, I really didn't find that. Um, there are other characters, uh, you know, for, for real and not for real. And, and, uh, that we can look back on that I think are far more compelling, mm-hmm. um, you know, and stuff. And again, you know, I appreciate his filmmaking and everything, but it's, right. uh, the craft is there. Yeah, I really didn't love it. Uh, you know, I, I I think a unique thing, I, I tend to really like foreign films a lot. I mm-hmm. think there's like a uniqueness, a voice that they bring that I think the U.S. Uh, just sort of like rehashes stuff, man. I'm, did, uh, did you see The Farewell this year? No, I did not see The Farewell. Uh, I would highly recommend that one. Okay. Okay. What, what, what do you what do you make of like the, all the talk about um, you know how people are disappointed that there's no female directors nominated? Um, you know, and, and that could change next week. By the way, when the Oscar nominations actually come out, right? But but, but right. like. You know, people are talking about, well, should women have their own category or should we, you know, increase the number of nominees to increase the likelihood of, you know, maybe it's these women who are getting the coming in sixth or seventh place and missing out. You know, like, what do you think of all that? I don't think that that's what has to change. I think the, you know, a lot of the uh, academy, I mean, I think that's up to I mean, there's things out there. Um, I, I, I don't really feel like we need to create a you know another category for women um right to me it's very condescending i I just kind of don't feel that way and look at i you know i'd be the first to say uh you know i'm I'm, I'm for women's rights i mean sure of course oh i know but um but i don't know i i feel like that creates a whole other kind of um uh what you're doing is just creating another thing for women. And then you're going to want to create another, I think talent is talent. 
And I think that, uh, you know, in terms of women getting a shot, yes, uh, you know, you would know better than me to know that that maybe Hollywood is is really, uh, you know, patriarchal. It's male driven. I mean, I, um, I, I just don't understand, like, you know, even if Greta Gerwig gets a nomination this year for Little Women and like everybody is everybody suddenly happy because of that. And then right. what happens next year if it's all men again? Is that a regression? Like uh-huh. every year, dozens of men are not nominated. I absolutely I agree with you. I, I, I think that that political correctness, if you want to call PC, I don't really know if that's what it comes down to and stuff. I really feel like we're in a world of competition. And I think a good movie is a good movie. And personally, I think a good movie is is good because the music is beautiful or the the costumes are beautiful. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why I'd be uh, drawn to something and really like it mm-hmm. um, aside from performances. But I do feel like if we start to really look at men versus women versus, you know, people of color versus I, 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 I don't know. I think then we're uh, – I don't know. I, I think it's creating a whole thing where, uh, like you said before, absolutely, we create these categories and then we get lost in those categories again. So there's women. So then there's but but older women and not younger women. I mean, like, I mean, you know, what I'll say are like, you know, it is tough to fight people's inherent prejudices or just I mean, their taste. So, for example, I didn't see this this Harriet movie. I didn't see Harriet right. Tubman. And so as a result, I'm not out there, you know, cheerleading for Cynthia Erivo the way right. I might have been if I had seen it. And and maybe that's part of the problem is that, you know, like she was complaining about these, uh, you know, BAFTA had all white acting nominees again. Right. And, um, and, and she was co- complaining about it. And uh, I, I mean, it was like I didn't see what was undeniable, like w- what performances from people of color were undeniable this year that, that such a fuss could be raised. But again, it's because of those blind spots that I didn't see it. I mean, right. but I don't think it's like they're seeing it and saying they're not considering black people. Like, I, I think that's kind of an absurd suggestion. That's what that's what I'm saying. It's like I think the industry and the and the, per, you know, the people. Then there was a whole controversy about her being British. Oh, you know, uh-huh. and playing Harriet Tubman, and that there are so many American black women who are wonderful. That was, that was a ridiculous controversy, too. Like, she should so, be able I to mean, play anybody she wants. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like everything has all these levels of, you know, of uh, it, it's it, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's really the public if something is interesting. Um, and then I think it's like the, you know, in some ways the industry or whatever it is to uh, to promote or to talk about movies that they like. And everybody has like different, obviously different opinions and and are coming from very different places. Um, but, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I don't see that. I, I just think the, the media has been trained to look through look at these things through a certain lens. Right. And, and, and you know, it, even yeah. even little women, to be honest with you, I mean, you know, I love Greta Gerwig, you know, her, la- the, uh, her other movie just mm-hmm. I adored. I didn't love little women. Right. And I, I don't feel compelled to like it because I'm supposed to and because, you know, she made this, you know, whatever kind of uh, earth shattering kind of women's movie. Um, 
but yeah, uh, you know, I, I didn't see it, like you said, I didn't see it on the merit of being sure. a woman. I just saw it as a movie. Right. And I don't I, like going into a movie to see it with any preconceived notion or any kind of, exactly. uh, I go in with objectivity, you know, about, about yes, what I, I'm watching. I think we all want to love every movie that we go to see. That's why we're spending hours of our lives sitting there in the dark with these strangers away from our homes and, and the comfortability of our, of our couches and our bathrooms and our snacks and all that, you know, like there's something magical about that experience. So we, we all want to love it, but sometimes, yeah, I, I thought little woman was good. I thought it was fine. She did a, she did a good job. Yeah. But it's not like Oscar nomination worthy. No. And I think that if any woman does benefit from this uproar, it is going to be Lulu Wang, the director of the farewell, because the, the farewell to me is just undeniably oh, a much better film. Oh, I did see the farewell. God, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. With Aquafina, yes. I did see it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love that. Yes. I thought it was I, totally. yeah, terrific. I did totally. If, if Nanny I, you know, wasn't my nanny, I would want Nine Eye as my I grandma. I know. Yeah, oh, me too. She was great. She was great, and and Aquafina was really great. Uh, it, I, I did. I love. I loved that movie. I actually took Nanny to that movie. Uh, we went. We went to see it. We attempted to. I want. I want to ask you about the, the, these two bubble movies uh, that that are like right on the fringes of a Best Picture nomination, uh, and I think that they both got PGA nods. They've made two hundred million dollars worldwide. Did you see mm. Ford versus Ferrari or Knives Out? Yes, I saw Knives Out. We never got to see Ford versus Ferrari. Okay, Ford versus Ferrari is terrific. Yeah, we never got to see that for some reason. But um, what do you think? I, Knives Out. Uh, again, fun. Uh, I I like the fact that they brought back you know like a this genre you know and mm-hmm. who done it and all of that and and uh, I I liked it a lot. I I don't see that as as anything Oscar worthy or right. Golden Globe worthy either. Uh, I mean that that may snag a, an original screenplay nomination. Um, I I didn't care for it at all. Um, but I remember it, you it, saying yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's certainly it is certainly popular around town. Yeah, I don't. I, why 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 do you think like do people? Why, why are people really loving that? I mean, I think part of it is is Ryan. Like Ryan has cultivated certain relationships with with uh, writers and. You know, I think that he gets the benefit of the doubt, and people, uh-huh. and, and it is, you know, there is a certain energy to the movie, um, but uh, and, and the cast is fun. You know, it's it's a great cast. I, I just feel like I felt like they were all kind of wasted. Yeah, it was no, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was it was like you said, the quintessential movie going with popcorn and and watching this who done it, and and I really did enjoy it and stuff, but. Um, I don't know. Somehow when I look back and my comparison and, and a lot of things, when I look back on stuff, I think of like Papa and I, you know, when we'd watch these incredible movies from the, you know, the 40s and 50s and 60s and everything. And, um, you know, again, it's got I mean, it's got to be hard to come up with something that's original and. But I, I, I didn't think it was worthy of, you know, screen screenplay. OK, I could I could. I could get on board with that, but I don't think anything beyond that. There's a couple other movies I have to ask you about. Did you see Marriage Story? Yes, I did. What did you think I of did. that? You know, I loved his, um, I loved his, what was it, The Whale? Um, uh, oh, squid, I, the Squid I, and the Whale, The Squid and the Whale. Yeah, I, yes. I loved that. Me too. I really did. This one, 
I liked. I felt like I was watching a play. Yeah. You know, and I just, I think they're incredible actors. I really did. But I really, uh, I, I didn't really love it. I, I felt like, a, I felt like a lot of people really, you know, talked it up and, uh, I, I walked away. I really didn't love it. So I uh, had it as my number one movie of the year. Uh-huh. Even though I didn't feel great about that choice. Oh. So like, why'd you I, do that? I thought it was great. Like, absolutely great. But it's not a movie I'm passionate about. You right. Know? I, um, I, th- I thought the... Um, again, I liked it. I, I, you know, I wouldn't watch it again. Like, there's a lot of movies I would watch over you know, and over again, whatever. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't watch it again. And uh, I, I, I thought it was good, but I, I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't love it. What about JoJo? Did you see JoJo? I did. I loved JoJo. I really did. It was beautiful. I loved it. I loved, uh, I loved the production. And I thought she was, I thought she was fabulous in that and, and stuff. Um, I thought that was like a a better a better role um than the one in marriage story. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah. I just I just didn't, I I did like that a lot. Do do you understand though like do you get why people aren't liking it? Like why it makes some people uncomfortable to sit there and laugh at Nazi jokes or Nazis? Uh I do and I don't. You know what? I I laughed at Mel Brooks. I loved his, you mm-hmm. know, the producers. And um so, uh, you know, that's where I'm coming from and stuff. I, I didn't take offense to it. Um, and I, I liked the script of it. I did. I, I, I liked it a lot. I liked it the fact that the director, you know. Taika, uh, yeah, he got a surprise DGA nomination. Yeah, you know, and uh, I, 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 I just like that. Um, so I, I did like JoJo, and I, 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 the kid, you know, the young actor was just the two of them, uh, you know, were just really fun. Yeah, that's a great child performance, absolutely. And I, yeah, it, Thomas and Mackenzie was was fantastic as the, the girl in the walls. Yeah, they were all of them, all of the the yeah, the young woman and the two guys, the you know, the other, the other friend of his and stuff. I thought they were really fun. Um, so I yeah, but Marriage Story didn't. Didn't really do it for me. Did you see? Uh, okay. Did you see Richard Jewell? No, I did not see Richard Jewell. And you know what? I didn't see it. That that feels like a movie for TV. I don't know why. It just didn't feel like I wanted to go to the movie theater and 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 see that. That's fair. It's not something that you necessarily need to see on the big screen. Um, yeah. I thought it was really good, but I did watch it at home on a screener. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I may get to it. But that wasn't anything like high up on my list. Actually. Do you have anything against uh, Clint Eastwood, though, or no? Um, you know what? I, whether I do or I don't, he makes a really he makes a good film. Sure, I have to admit it. He makes a really good film, whether politically or otherwise. I don't, I, you know, I don't dig him. Um, he does make a good thing, a good film, and I appreciate that. Um, Right. And he goes out on a limb, you know, he's like always looking for something interesting to do, you know, whether I like Jewel. I as like, a I like his tastes in stories yeah, as I well. Yeah, I do. Um, I do. Li- I, I like how he goes out did there. Did you see either of the Shia LaBeouf movies? Honey Boy no, or The Peanut Butter Falcon? No, I wanted to see Honey Boy so badly. I didn't see that yet. Okay. 
Peanut Butter Falcon yeah. was was uh, I preferred that one to be honest. Oh really? The one with the yes, when it, with the uh, the young man that he be, he befriends. Yes. Yeah. It was terrific. Yeah, um, I would like to see that one. Let me ask you: Is there an actor who maybe you grew up loving, or you know, uh, just always liked, who, who maybe isn't working as much these days, who you'd love to see have a comeback? Oh, good question. I don't know what's considered like a comeback, but I will tell you, like, you know, I mean, uh, you know, not that they have to go away. People always hate the term comeback because it insists that their stars stop burning brightly for a little while. But, uh, you right. know, so you don't have to p- put it in those terms, but maybe someone who you just love to see get like a major role. Um, oh, I do uh, well. Annette Bening, I I love, okay. uh, but she's had some major things. Yeah, sort she of still gets the cast way. as the lead in, in things. Yeah, Julianne Moore did, along the way. Did you see her movie, by the way, The Report? Yes, I did. Did you like it? I I did like it. I, I liked did, it but too, again, but that felt like a TV movie to me. I was just going to say I saw it on I saw it on Netflix. On Prime, you mean? Yeah, on Prime. Yes, yes. on Prime. And uh, and uh, so yeah, like that. That was not something I'd I'd go to the movie for, mm-hmm. you know. But I totally appreciated that. I'm thinking of some other people who I I really liked Renee Zellweger coming back. Mm-hmm. She's been you know she's been away for a while. Um, I can't think of I can't really think off the top of my head. Okay, I didn't mean to put others. you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. What are some of your favorite movies of all time? Oh, of all time, you know what's so funny? Is this my iPad? I think it is. Hold on. I I did prepare for this. Ooh. I did write them down. Hold on one second. Let me get my glasses. <laughs> it's okay. And get this. Yeah. I should have had it open the whole time. It's fine. Okay. Hold on one second. My listeners are very patient. Oh, uh, thank you. So, I'd love to see Rosalind Russell come back, but she ain't. That ain't happening. Was she? Was she Auntie Mame? <laughs> Yes, she was. That's Stephanie's and, favorite movie. Oh my god! I went to and see Russell, Auntie Russell. Mame one, one night, and it was like two and a half hours. I fell asleep. Stephanie got really mad at me. Oh, I don't blame her. You <laughs> really, I don't blame her. It is one of the. It's such a great movie, and she was her Myrna Loy was like one of my favorites. Um, you know who I'm really digging, and then I'll get into the about my movies and stuff. But I'm okay. really digging Molly Shannon. Oh yeah, you love know what? Her. She's a very good dramatic actress. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love her in anything that she does, whether it's comic. Did you? I, I, I'm I'm digressing for a second. You can you can bring me back. But the other two? Uh, no, I never watched, watched that. that. That's a Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider show. Is that it's it? Very funny. Yeah, I've heard it's good very things. Funny, and she's she's just a riot. I think I really do, and she is. She's really good at 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 um at serious. Yeah. Um, but I think like my American Beauty was one of my favorite movies. I love American uh, Beauty, and it, and it, and it has taken a hit. It's reputation. I don't know if it has to do with right. Kevin Spacey. That I don't know if it has to do with Kevin oh. Spacey. But a lot of people in hindsight are like, "Oh, that movie never should have won Best Picture in '99. Like that was such a great year. Like that movie hasn't held up well." I f- uh, I loved it. I did too. See, this is like when I get like Hollywood. Needs to like step back a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, you know, um, you know what? I, I really loved and I'm really sorry about Leonardo because uh, like we didn't even get to Once Upon a Time, which, you know, but Revolutionary Road. 
Oh, okay. I loved that movie, and he should have won for That's that. Another, you just love Sam Mendes. I do. I guess I, and I haven't seen 19, what is it, 1917? Yeah, or, yeah. It's, I it's going seen, wide today. Um, so I definitely need to, uh, you know, but, um, oh, what was I going to say? But I think those, um, and these are not like old, like all time favorites. Right. You know what, what Papa brought me to? I'll never forget. Ryan's daughter was a David Lean uh, picture when I was young. And it had some like really kind of provocative scenes. And I was with, with, uh, with Papa. I'm looking at this poster <laughs> now. Yeah, this looks a little steamy. Yeah, so it was like a, I was like a twelve or something. It was felt really weird. An epic drama <laughs> oh, of love yeah. and oh. scandal. <laughs> yeah, but that was that that was like one of my and I don't I haven't revisited it in so long. I don't uh-huh. you know I don't know how I'd feel, but it was really one of those uh, those epic movies that I I loved all those people in there. It's um, funny because I remember watching another Ryan movie with Papa Joe. Oh, really? What one? Von Ryan's Express. Uh-huh. Yeah. A World War II that. movie starring Sinatra. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. yes. Yeah, he was uh, he was fun to watch a movie with. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I like Colin Firth. I don't know. I, I tend to like, uh, you know, a lot of British stuff. Is there anything? I feel like a lot of I feel like a lot of the really good things that I, well I say they're good, but the things that I enjoy watching were are, are British or originated, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in in uh, over there. And it's like I don't know, I, I like American theater, I American movies I like, but I'm kind of losing my my mojo for them. Is there anything that you're looking forward to this year? Uh. I don't really know what's um like. There's so much talk about what's happening now. I'm trying to think of, you know, I, that's why I love to go. I love I love coming attractions. I could just you know that trailer Sit and show. Watch trailers all day. Yeah, man, I love that. Um, I don't know. I I you're my uh, you're my Sherpa. You're my movie Sherpa. <laughs> I will guide you. I will guide yeah. you. You're yeah. You are a member of my flock. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, we have a few more minutes. Is there anything that, that you wanted to talk about? Um, I did want to talk one thing, and that was Michelle Williams. Oh, okay. Who I really, you know, I loved her her uh, her acting in Fosse, you mm-hmm. know, and stuff. I love Sam Rockwell, too. That's my, I digress. <laughs> but, um, uh, but, you know, get the fuck off of it. I, her speeches are very annoying, and <laughs> I, it's, I, you know, and it's funny because, like, I don't know if that because I don't love her in everything, but I'm thinking like if speeches uh-huh. um, corrupt my feeling about an uh, about an actor, right, or something, and I I kind of feel like I, uh, uh, yeah, you know, maybe it does sometimes because I I I really don't dig her speeches. Sure. I mean, every time an actor opens their mouth, they they are risking alienating part of their audience. Um, so it's, it's their choice to get political, but I, I totally understand if you're now bringing baggage uh, with you into the theater or as you watch her on a TV show. Yeah, or I don't, I don't see something of hers, right? You know, and it's sad because I really do like her, but um, she has a really high horse. And there's got to be like a ladder that brings her up there, man, because <laughs> I do not dig that. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I, I missed the speech because I, I, I kind of half watched the Golden Globes. I got to the parties and I had to ask, like, hey, what won? Right. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, like, n- nobody cares in the end. The, the big night comes, millions of dollars have been spent on campaigns, and then everyone in line is like, yeah, wait, what won? We're just here to drink. I know. Well, you know, they had the um, the independent film thing. I know I've talked to you about this, and you're like, yeah, yeah. But, like, that's, like, my – that would be my night to The to Indie watch. Spirit Awards? Yeah. I've never yeah. been invited to the Indie Spirit Awards. Uh, uh, sounds like a fun show Oh, that's, with my those kinds are of people, my... but – yeah, that's my that's my you know like when I went to Sundance like I like off those the off the grid movies. I guess I'm just um you know I never saw Star Wars. I guess I'm just an uh adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A grown up. Uh-huh. You know, I get it. I say it with the magazine, you know, when they zig, I zag. Right. Well, I'll uh, be up at Sundance this year and I will keep you posted uh, as to what you should be seeing. Um, I, I am so excited for you to go. That's I, it's really one uh, day we will connect there and, and we will have a, a wonderful time at the festival. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I'm going uh, I'm going to have to let you go as we I'm uh, running out of time on the show. Uh-huh. Where can the good folks find you and aspire and, and all that good stuff? Steve, where can they find us? <laughs> you know, I have a flip phone. I mean, you're talking to. Uh, <laughs> Steve, where can they find us, honey? On newsstands everywhere. On newsstands everywhere. You guys know what newsstands are, right? <laughs> yes. We I... are online. We are yeah. online. And online on Zinio and a lot of um, platforms. Yes, I, I remember. Don't pick it up. <laughs> Sorry, I had a little uh, tech, um, a mic uh, malfunction there. But, uh, oh, sure, yes. conveniently. Yes, r- right at the end, too. Uh, all right, everybody, be sure to fire uh, to follow them. Don't fire them. Follow them. No, no, no. <laughs> and listen, thank you. I love you. I love you, and, too. Uh, I'm appreciating this. So have a great show, the rest of the show, and thank you again. I love you. Oh, okay. Ha- happy birthday and happy new year. Take uh, care. Thanks, Jeffy. Okay, you, too. Bye. That'll do it for this episode of the Snyder Cut. Uh, you can find it wherever podcasts are found. I don't know, wherever you found this one. You can find the next one. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Cameo at, at the Insnyder. And we'll be back next Friday to talk about the Oscar nominations. Have a great weekend, everybody. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. There's an underdog story happening today in America. Small businesses are fighting to make a comeback, but in the moment they have the least, they're giving the most. They're rallying communities and neighborhoods, yet asking for little in return. Well, it's time we gave back. Small Unites is making it simple for everyone to take action and support the small businesses that unite us all. Find out how you can donate, shop, and share today at smallunites.org. Oh,